What's up, everybody? Anthony Kazenza here with the Orange and Black Insider Bengals podcast and CincyJungle.com, all part of the SB Nation network of podcasts. Hope you're all doing well on this Tuesday. There is, it's been a little bit different this year for a lot of reasons in terms of covering the Bengals, covering the NFL, covering it all, because usually Bengals season ends late December, early January, and then we've got a few weeks, a couple of months until kind of some exciting stuff happens. And it's really only been a couple of weeks since the Bengals season ended, obviously going to Super Bowl 56, losing that one. But the NFL Combine is now getting set to go underway. And of course, we've got free agency on the horizon coming up for the league. So it came on us quick this year, for sure, as compared as compared to last year. That is 100% uh, the case. But regardless, Happy to keep the momentum going, happy to keep talking about the Bengals and the moves that they will make potentially to better their football team. Again, I'm Anthony Cazenza, and I thank all of you who are watching this live stream or downloading after the fact. And you can catch this show, as always, by liking our the Cincy Jungle Facebook page and catching the live streams on there or after the fact. You can subscribe to our Orange and Black Insider YouTube channel. You can get that. uh, It's right over here. You can click that little icon right there. Click that. And of course, click the bell to be notified when we go live, when new content is available. All of that good stuff. And uh, we're streaming on uh, various Twitter accounts. Of course, you can also get the audio version of the show a little bit after the live stream on a number of different audio platforms, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, all of the major ones. We've got them, uh, our show there, as well as Orange is the New Black from Ace and Zim and Coach Speak and Chalk Talk from the Coach Matt Minnick. All of those on the Cincy Jungle Podcast channel. Subscribe on your favorite audio streamer, leave a review if you can. We appreciate the support. All right, as you probably know by now, this, uh, this particular episode has... Uh, a number of different aspects to it. We kind of run through what's going on with the Bengals. Then we go take a spin around the AFC North, the other teams in the AFC North, see what's going on in the division. And then we take a spin around the league with some of the bigger headlines throughout the league to let you know what's going on. Uh, As I mentioned that the NFL combine is coming up here. It just kind of started getting underway on Tuesday. It's more arrivals, uh, interviews with NFL team personnel and whatnot, and uh, you know a couple of other things. So not much on the on-field stuff quite yet. That stuff really kicks into high gear later this week and through the weekend with the positional drills and all of that. So that's something to keep an eye on. We'll we'll give you brief updates on that too on this show and uh, on our channel. So you'll want to you'll keep an eye on that. All right, so here's how we're going to start. We're going to start kind of with just some kind of general uh, news and notes about players that are already on the Cincinnati Bengals or just kind of general news. And then we've got um, a couple of a couple of different things as it pertains to the draft combine news and notes, all that kind of stuff. So we will, we will get to that. All right, let's start with this one. Uh, many of you may have heard this a couple from a couple of days ago. This is kind of a little bit of a, I don't want to say it was a total shock. And this is on cincyjungle.com. Logan Wilson goes, su- undergoes surgery for a torn labrum. So we kind of felt like 
a few weeks before the regular season ended, there was probably something pretty serious going on with Logan Wilson and all of that um, with, with his shoulder injury that kept him out of a handful of games, but then he played really well in the postseason. No surgery occurred, no procedures occurred. And all of a sudden he's playing really well, played really well in the Super Bowl is and unfortunately that kind of phantom call will, will live in infamy a little bit against him on that final Rams drive. But I mean, there really wasn't a lot of, really wasn't a lot of indications there that, um, you know, Logan Wilson was really banged up uh, in terms of, you know, all kinds of different things going on with with the shoulder and, and whatnot. But uh, Jeremy Fowler from ESPN says, Logan Wilson underwent surgery last week to repair a torn labrum per source, played the full t- uh, year throughout the back end of the season, played, played with the full tear throughout the back end of the season, playoffs and Super Bowl recording 39 tackles, four for loss and an interception in those four preseason games. Slated to make a full recovery. Um, we'll see how that goes timeline wise with everything. Uh, not, not great news in terms of one of the Bengals' best defensive players, a young star in this league go, undergoing surgery kind of late in the process. Obviously, my guess on it was that the team got the news about Logan Wilson probably shortly after the injury occurred. And they all kind of made a consensus decision saying, you know, can you play through it? How are we going to do this? And obviously I, I would think that Logan Wilson signed off on that. And then they, um, yeah, Ben Washburn here says he wasn't even wearing a harness or anything. No, he wasn't. So that's pretty interesting uh, as to kind of an interesting development, a little bit of a surprising development, but he um, apparently is, is doing okay. And the surgery uh, from what we know, um, it was a success. It's just a matter of if it, when he's going to be back timeline wise, that's kind of a, an interesting thing to monitor and we'll have to keep, keep tabs on that. This was from pro football network. Um, and it's kind of something we already knew, but it was readdressed apparently at the combine on Tuesday. Um, and this is uh, profootballnetwork.com. I, I found this one on my timeline, so I wanted to share it with everybody. This is talking about Joe Burrow not needing surgery on that knee, uh, the one he injured in the Super Bowl. We kind of knew that, but Zach Taylor uh, confirms this. Quote, for CJ and Joe. Joe, rest is the best thing for them. Again, just not being on it, running around and playing football. Really, rest is really the best thing for them right now. So, yeah, we knew that that was probably going to be the case for both of those guys, seeing as how they had ligament sprains and strains and not tears. So some good news on that front, but they're going to be taking it easy over the next handful of weeks, one would assume. We saw some clips of Joe Burrow in in the gym, um, but he was kind of doing more upper body stuff uh, it, you know, in those, in those clips. So, um, you know, it, we kind of figured they'd have to take it easy here, depending on the severity of, of everything, but no surgeries are needed there. So no surprises on that front, unlike the situation with Logan Wilson. Uh, let's see, let's go here. Bengals make an acquisition, a re acquisition, or I guess, they uh, re-signed defensive back Jalen Davis, a reserve defensive back. So they're bolstering the back end of that uh, of that group. He got a one-year contract extension, I suppose. Um, he was going to be an exclusive rights free agent when March 16th rolls around, which is 
that timeline of all that stuff with free agency and whatnot. He's a um, came out of Utah State, spent some time with Miami, and then the Cardinals, uh, and then he has been on the Bengals team since uh, 2020. He got some time sparingly in. Uh, he got some time sparingly as a backup and special team or whatnot in um, 21, where he played in 15 games, and then uh, you know they're they're. You can see here there's a lot of <laughs> a lot of free agents. We talked about this a couple Wednesdays ago uh, on our show, but a lot of free agents in the cornerbacks group uh, for the Cincinnati Bengals. So they have some big decisions to make there. If you go with Eli Apple, who had a, a really good season um, for the most part, when you look at a big picture, Vernon Hargraves, Darius Phillips, and Trey Flowers, I think probably the Bengals, my guess would be they would probably try and keep Apple and Flowers around. Um that's there's just gut feeling on that. We'll see what happens. But uh Bengals have some tough decisions to make there in terms of you know defensive backs, cornerbacks, etc., and what they what they need to do. So let's keep it rolling here. Some good news on the Joe Burrow front, and this is on cincyjungle.com. Burrow is among the top favorites to win the 22 MVP. Here's the link in the live chats here. I don't know why sometimes it's looking like it's not coming through on the Facebook feed. So um, if that's the case, I, I apologize. But this is on CincyJungle.com. He is one of the favorites to win. You can see here, here's the breakdown of some of the favorites to win the MVP. Burrow is plus 1,400, uh, basically fourth. When you look at Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, and the back-to-back winner Aaron Rodgers ahead of him, who knows what's ahead for Aaron Rodgers right now. I think if that was a little more certain we would uh, be seeing maybe him towards the very top of the list instead of third. But Burrow right now, the uh, four, fourth on the pecking order in terms of guys who could win the MVP for the next season. And if he does that or comes close to doing that, you know that means the Cincinnati Bengals had a pretty good season in 22 if he does uh, follow through with this. So plus 1,400 is where Joe Burrow is sitting as uh, the – favorites for the MVP award. Uh, let's keep it rolling. This is courtesy of some great work from the Bengals beat reporters, friend of the show, Ben baby and friend of the show, Mike Petralia. We've had both of these gentlemen on the show and they've been generous with their time with us. Here's Ben first. Bengals in this, this is uh, stuff from the Combine, Sights and Sounds, Ben Baby. Bengals executive Duke Tobin on defensive end Trey Hendrickson. He picked out, he picked us out as a destination for him. We hope other guys feel the same way. Now, really what that is pointing to, it's a brief quote, brief synopsis there. My, my guess is the nature of the question and uh, it's pointing to what is happening in uh, what is happening in free agency and what the Bengals are doing potentially in free agency this year, what they will be doing and how outside free agents, how maybe their perception of going to the Bengals has now changed based on contracts. The Bengals have doled out based on them going to a Super Bowl, based on them having Joe Burrow, the talent on the roster, all of that. So an interesting conversation there um, between Ben Baby and Duke Tobin. Duke Tobin's usually kind of the guy who speaks the most um, when it comes to uh, when it comes to the combine, he's kind of the, he, I mean, Zach Taylor does as well, but Tobin is kind of in a mainstay in terms of, um, you know, 
quotes and whatnot from Indianapolis. So um, that's that's one of the things. I'm not going to play the audio here because I want you guys to go give these guys the love, but uh, you can go find them on Twitter, Mike Petralia and Ben Baby. This one is from Mike here. It's a video of him talking with Jesse Bates. It's a little wobbly. I'm not sure what uh, what happened there, but Duke Tobin hears Bengals fans on Jesse Bates. And about Jesse Bates the third, we want him back too, was the quote. Uh, so they know that the Bengals fans want him back. And so they are going to do, it, it appears, a lot of different things to try and keep him around, whether that's the franchise tag or whatnot. But it sounds like Duke Tobin and the Brain Trust is well aware of the fans' wishes wanting Jesse Bates to be back in Cincinnati. I think we all expect at least a franchise tag for Jesse Bates um, some interesting, I, I guess, drama slash non-drama last week when you looked at Jesse Bates's Twitter account, and there was kind of the eyeball emoji, and everyone's going, "Oh, what does this mean? Does this mean extension? All that kind of stuff." And it didn't really amount to anything. But I'm sure the sides are still talking. They've got a little more time uh, until the franchise tag deadline. I know they want to get a deal in place. Both sides do. It's just a matter of making the numbers work. We talked about this last Wednesday, wherein the Bengals, it's just one of those positions that they don't pay the same kind of premium as they do at quarterback, wide receiver, and tackle. There are a number of different positions. They, and, you know, edge rushers in there as well, but they pay those four position groups, edge rushers, tackles, quarterbacks, and wide receivers. Those are who they routinely pay. Running backs kind of in the same discussion as well, but they – just it's just not a position they value as much as a lot of others on the team so they got to make the figures work jesse obviously has some targeted numbers in mind that he wants to hit in terms of a contract but also i think he does like playing in cincinnati he's reiterated a bunch of times that he wants to stay there so it's just a matter of making the numbers work and getting it going from there well there is another nice quote from Duke Tobin. And this is courtesy of our friends over at Bengals Wire. I believe this is from Chris Rowling, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, sir. Chris Rowling, great guy. Duke Tobin says Bengals will use any means, including trades, to improve the offensive line. I will put this link in the live chat so you can see all of it there. Um, hopefully it's coming through now on the on the Facebook feed. It looks like it may be coming through there. So definitely go give the them a, a read over here at, at Bengals Wire, but essentially the quote here was, uh, let's close that window. And this is from Ben Baby as well. So you can go give Ben Baby the love on that too. Um, they will explore any avenue for impl- improving the team, including making trades for a potential starting offensive lineman. They are obviously concerned. They are aware of the needs on the offensive line. So the Bengals are going to be doing a lot of different things, exploring avenues, apparently, to not only shore up the offensive line, but uh, just kind of see what's out there. Now, here's the thing, if you know, if you've been following the Bengals for, especially in the Duke Tobin era, they do not like to go into the draft with glaring needs. Uh, obviously the quarterback situation a couple of years ago, that was a big need, you know, them not resigning AJ green and getting Jamar chase wide receivers a need. But I mean, they, especially when you're picking 31, you don't want to be going into this, the draft 
with major glaring needs. And Duke Tobin has said that repeatedly. They have, even if they haven't done the splashiest of things prior to these past two off seasons in free agency, they really like to utilize free agency as, you know, we're going to kind of get some of the needs out of the way, re-sign key guys, that sort of thing, and really try and go best player available in the draft. That's always been kind of their strategy there. So this continues to follow suit. It does. We'll see if they, you know, if, if Tobin really does follow through with the line of thinking of, you know, they may explore trades. We kind of debunked that a little bit in our own estimations on Wednesday. John Sheeran and myself did. Based on, we just don't think they're going to give up high-end draft capital without getting draft picks in return along with potentially a player. They just don't like to, they don't often do that. They do pick swaps. They do that. They don't like to lose the arsenal of picks that they have. They really value those. So it would be surprising if the Bengals do, you know, swing a certain trade with picks for a player. They just don't do that very often, but they also don't make the Super Bowl very often. (laughs) So, uh, I, they may feel that they've got enough needs met and they don't need, you know, they've been whiffing a little bit on the, in the draft. So they may try and do what they can to get known commodities there, but kudos to Ben baby on, on that question and Bengals wire for relaying that topic to us. Go check out both uh, Ben baby on Twitter and Bengals wire to get the scoop on that. Now the big bombshell, I've seen some, uh, some other people, talking about this in our live chats already pac-man jones and i can attest some of you may remember that i was out in cincinnati for the week one game against minnesota epic weekend spent (laughs) spent more time than i'd like to admit it at jeff ruby's uh steakhouse great place um the final night we were there sunday night after the game we ran into pac-man jones at the at Jeff Ruby's and we actually talked with him for about 20 or 30 minutes great guy um he still loves the Bengals loves them has a great great pulse on a lot of things going on with the team and now he co-hosts a podcast with Solomon Wilcox former Bengals defensive back on the Believe Podcast Network very entertaining show and uh, great guests, obviously, um, Pac-Man and Solomon, hosts, guests, all of that. He, here's the headline here that we have on CincyJungle.com. Adam Jones has information that the Bengals are planning to sign Ryan Jensen. Ryan Jensen, of course, a guy who played in Baltimore and a guy who most recently played in Tampa Bay with Tom Brady, is set to be a free agent, and the Bengals according to Jones are trying to get trying to get Jensen to Cincinnati. Now here's where there's a little confusion. We don't really know. Here's the quote. First of all, on the believe in Bengals podcast quote, I've got some great news for you. Jones Jones said to Solomon and I, I saw the clip where Solomon Wilcox was saying, Hey, drop us, drop it like it's hot. I think is the exact phrase that Solomon Wilcox used. A little birdie said we're going to sign Ryan Jensen to a three-year deal for $39 million, which would be a starting center. I hope it goes through. It sounds like the little birdie is saying it's almost a done deal. Now, 
That on its head is big news. So he very well could have some ins with uh, some people in the front office or other folks, uh, coaches, what have you, that are telling him that they're going to try and target Jensen. However, this specific deal number, three years and $39 million, is part of um, – I thought I had it up here. Maybe I did not. Essentially, it's part of – a, a kind of a mock offseason or a um, a prediction for a contract by Pro Football Focus. Solomon Wilcox has been involved at PFF as well. So this exact contract that he mentions, three-year and $39 million, is what is predicted on a PFF post for possible free agency destinations and whatnot. So where there may be some confusion is if and gray area or what this might mean is Jones may be looking at that PFF article and that reference point saying, Hey, you know, I I think that he may have the idea that the Bengals are interested in Jensen and is looking at that deal at 33 years, 39 million from the post, or he has heard from somebody that they're, they're, they're making, they're going to make a push for this guy. Now there's all kinds of talk about, you know, this coming out. Does that mean there's tampering? Does that, there's nothing here really that's definitively that says the Bengals have spoken to Ryan Jensen and have this deal on the table. That would be definitive tampering or something definitive to, for the league to look into. I think what this more is saying is the Bengals are going to try and be aggressive to sign a starting interior offensive lineman, namely center Ryan Jensen and they're they're willing to shell out, you know, quite a bit of money. Maybe he's in the ballpark of what they're looking at in terms of shelling out. I don't know, but regardless, I, I don't, you know, I think some people are, oh, you know, Pac-Man's gonna get him to tampering or whatever. It, I don't really see that here. I just see it more as, you know, kind of a prediction. Maybe he's got somebody that he knows that's telling him they're gonna make a push for him, etc. But there's a little, there's a lot of moving parts to this. It's some it's really kind of exciting if the Bengals are indeed going to do this, but it's also a little bit, um, you know, was he looking at that PFF post for that reference deal and whatnot? Um, So we'll have to see in a a couple of weeks here, but kind of making some news was Adam Jones and um, Ryan Jensen may be on the Bengals radar for outside free agency. We'll see what happens there. Um, Obviously a guy that uh, would be very valuable on a number of different fronts for this team. Now, I maybe this is where I was talking about here. Is this? Uh, I don't know if it has the actual contract here, but this is. I think this is a little bit as to what Jones was uh, alluding to with his predictions, and this is on Cincy Jungle via PFF. The Bengals are picked to land three of PFF's top fifty free agents. Who might those be? Well, I'll let you know. Here's the link in the live chat for all of you there. These three, of course, Ryan Jensen, the center that we just talked about, Buffalo Bills defensive end Jerry Hughes. That'd be an interesting one, especially with Osai coming back. And then, of course, as predicted and as talked about often, their own safety Jesse Bates. So they get of the 52 of them are outside additions. 
on each line. And then, of course, you got the star safety baits getting locked up. They, PFF has them coming back on the franchise tag. So something to note there, and that would be a very productive offseason or free agency period if the Bengals, an expensive one, if they were to land all three of these guys. Um, and then what happens then if you, if you do sign Ryan Jensen, what do you do with Trey Hopkins? Is he in the mix potentially as a guard option? I know there's been some ups and downs when he was playing at that at, at those positions. Is he just not in the plans going forward? Is he just a reserve at this point? Um, what do the Bengals do if they sign Jensen? But, I mean, I think if you sign Ryan Jensen, you're pretty excited about um, where the offensive line potentially could be headed going forward. So that is on CincyJungle.com and PFF. You can go check that out. Cool article there. Well, it is the season now. For mock drafts, and we're going to go back to the Bengals Wire, BengalsWire.com for one of them, a seven-round mock. We won't go through all seven because we want you to go there and read all of them, but some intriguing options here for the Bengals in this article, and this is by Bill Reset. Hopefully I'm Richette. I, hopefully I'm pronouncing that correctly. This is from a few days ago. And you've got number at number 31, Zion Johnson, big guy that uh, would be a guard for the Bengals. So um, a guy that, that could come in there. Um, they think he's, you know, most are saying he's pretty polished and, you know, could be a, a good player, you know, not an absolute dominant, dominant guy, but you know, at number 31, especially if you get a guy like Jensen in there should be a guy that can come in and start pretty early. I think Daniel Jeremiah noted that pretty recently as well, that he should come in and, and start pretty early for a team. Then at number 63, he's got the Bengals going interior offensive line again with Dylan Parham from Memphis. Uh, so again, there's a lot of talk about, uh, you know, Trey Hopkins getting, getting replaced one way or the other here. And this is one of the, the, one of the routes that could be taken um, smaller guy, but athletic smart and could replace Trey Hopkins as reset and the Bengals go corner with Cam Taylor Britt, a corner from Nebraska at number 95 overall. Um, and as, as we mentioned, the Bengals have a number, a number of uh, free agents in the cornerback group that are set to hit. Um, hit the market. So they need to make a, a move there, but you can go to bangleswire.com and that link I provided to be, to go see all seven picks that they made there. Um, some interesting ones. And again, a lot of meat and potatoes type of stuff, offensive line, defensive line, a couple of defensive backs sprinkled in there. So go check it out. Some, uh, some good names in there and names that make a lot of sense. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's now... Mel Kuyper. And you know what? I know a lot of people of late like to kind of poke fun at Mel Kuyper. Maybe he's not their cup of tea anymore or never was. I, I, 
I've always liked Mel Kuyper. Just me. I like him. Uh, he just reminds me of the NFL draft, what this event has become. Uh, he's energetic. He knows a lot about the AFC North because he's a Baltimore Ravens guy. So he knows a lot about the Bengals and he knows a lot about the AFC North. So um, I know a lot of people may have some differing opinions on him, but I, I, I do respect Mel Kuyper Jr. a lot. Anyway, he came out with a new mock draft and the Bengals add a cornerback in his latest one of two very talented Washington Husky cornerbacks. And that would be Tyler Gordon. Quote, why no offensive lineman here? Because the Bengals shouldn't force it to try and fill out their biggest need. In this scenario, I didn't have another lineman with a round one grade. Daniel Falele and Tyler Smith are more likely to go in the first 15 picks in the second round. Cincinnati, which has salary cap space, could also address the position in free agency. Instead, I went with a corner in Gordon who has the length and physical traits to be a number one guy in the NFL. He had two interceptions last season and showed some high-end coverage skills. Both of the Husky cornerbacks are... Very, very talented. And Gordon is a guy that has been uh, starting to get more and more buzz as the, the pre-draft workouts come and the draft inevitably comes as well. So he is a guy that is looking to rise up draft boards, potentially really, really talented guy. Um, and uh, so in, in the Bengals, they are not shy about taking cornerbacks in the first round, right? Jonathan Joseph, Leon Hall. Um, you, you can you can go recently with William Jackson. I mean, they, they, the list just go Drake or Patrick, right? The list is extensive in terms of how many cornerbacks. It's a position they value. So they uh, are not shy about taking this position in the first round. And this kind of goes back a little bit. When you look at the Kirkpatrick draft, um, that was the one where they got Kirkpatrick and Zeitler in the same draft. And you're kind of thinking, you know, maybe they go offensive line with the first pick there and then corner later, they went vice versa. And so, I mean, it ended up working out pretty well for him. Drake Kirkpatrick had a couple of good years, a couple of other struggles in some other areas, but then you've got Zeitler who was a good player for them and through his rookie contract and is still playing good football right now. And uh, so Gordon is six foot, 200 pounds, and he is Lance Zierlein's fourth rated cornerback in NFL.com's rankings um so this is a guy who should work out pretty well in the combine so you got to check that out but anyways the, he mel kuiper has the Bengals going cornerback in his latest mock draft all right let's transition to the afc north and then we'll get into the nfl some of the back end of the nfl stuff does have some Bengals stuff in it so uh we're not totally bailing on the Bengals front here but this is important stuff to note regardless with the AFC North here is something from Steelers.com from today Tuesday evening back home in Indianapolis is the title this is from Bob Labriola of Steelers.com I will put that in the live chat And this is about Kevin Colbert, a guy who has not been Mr. Popularity with the Steelers contingent at this point. But you say, hey, he's talking about being back in Indianapolis and having an in-person event and having it be normal because of the pandemic stuff of the past couple of years. Quote, I'm just excited to be back in what we think is a pretty normal setting. Uh, It's great just to be here. You'll be able to do this and then leave here and go to pro days. That's exciting. Nostalgic? No. 
We have so much that we have to accomplish in the next two months, dot, dot, dot. All right. So talking about the quarterback class, because now Ben Roethlisberger retires and there is a large belief that the Steelers will be drafting a quarterback probably within the first two rounds. It's a matter of whom. And unfortunately, while there are some athletic and talented guys in this class, it is not the same kind of caliber of two years ago with Burrow, Herbert, Tua, and others. Regardless, Colbert says, quote, I believe it's a quality class, meaning of quarterbacks. It might not be the high number of players at that position that there have been in the past, but it's certainly good quality. And there are going to be starting NFL quarterbacks coming out of this class for sure. Um, you can see here the Steelers have spent a first-round pick on a quarterback only three times. Terry Bradshaw in 1970, Mark Malone in 80, and Ben Roethlisberger in 04. Well, look at look at the longevity of the first and the third, the first name and the last name of those three. The longevity and the championships won by, by those teams there. And that's really why the Steelers are a flagship organization. That's why Mike Brown has gushed about the Pittsburgh Steelers and in the past has said, you know, he kind of has wanted the Bengals to model some of their practices with the Steelers and what they like to do. Um, just the longevity and consistency that the Steelers have traditionally shown. That's uh, that's something that Mike Brown has always kind of marveled at. And then quote, we won't narrow it to any one position. We never have, never will said Colbert about how the team cho- will choose to spend its number one, uh, number one pick. It's it's first round pick. So they may not go quarterback overall, but everybody and their mother <laughs> last year were pretty sure that the, the Steelers were going to go with Najee Harris. And lo and behold, they did that. So um, they weren't really tricking anybody at that point. They may not trick anybody at this point either. So let's uh, let's keep going with that. I see my, my friend here who will be joining us in a future episode very shortly. Uh, he's not going to Mr. Mr. Trenopole here, strawberry ice, go check out his show. John Sheeran was just on his show earlier this week. My co-host and some other greats from all Bengals and whatnot uh, have been on his show of late. If I'm not mistaken, I don't want the squealers to draft Desmond Ritter. Well, you're not going to like this next article, my friend. Um, uh, <laughs> it's literally one I, I pulled up here and this is from behind the steel curtain, our, uh, Sibling site from the SB Nation Network. Is Desmond Ritter a day two quarterback the Steelers should target? This is a an article by Jeff Hartman on the website. So I will post this in here. Very well could be. Very well could be in the mix here, especially if the quarterback, I mean, I think Colbert is overstating the court, the quarterback quality of the class. Um, Daniel Jeremiah, I think he had someone, I think it was all the way, gosh, where was it? Um, he had the pit quarterback that was way down the pecking order in terms of his top 50 free agents of the, or uh, excuse me, top 50 draft prospects right now in this class. Um, so he's got a lot to, uh, there's, there are a lot of other players that are ranked more highly than some of the quarterbacks in this class, but Ritter is definitely a guy who is athletic. He's a winner and he's put up a lot of stats at the university of Cincinnati. And um you can see here, you see Kenny Pickett was the one I was referring to earlier. You've got Carson Strong. You've got Malik Willis out of Liberty. Um, and you can see here, anyone who has watched film of Ritter or watched him play can see the talent he possesses. He is a winner. 
and has been at every level, but does he have the polish and the skill set to achieve the same success at the NFL level? Next question becomes, is Ritter a day two player who could develop into a future starter for the Steelers? Um, this could be a best player available in round one for Pittsburgh. And then they get they see which quarterback falls to them potentially in the uh, the middle part of the second round. And they, they go from there. Um, and Ritter might be one of those guys that uh, is available to them. And he may end up a Steeler. We'll see what happens. But there could be one of the bigger names. Remember, remember the draft with Geno Smith. Remember Geno Smith was supposed to be a guy that was going to be drafted pretty high. And I think he went in the second round. And I mean, these, these guys, Brady Quinn, he was supposed to be a top 10, top 15 guy. He got drafted at the end of of the first round and same with Manzel and all these guys that they slip and so sometimes waiting can can be beneficial for these teams if they do like but not necessarily love one of these prospects now obviously each one of those names I mentioned did not work out very well for their respective teams but um you know there 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 are examples of of waiting and getting you know a decent player quarterbacks you tend you tend to want to pick them in the first round but we'll see what i mean ravens they waited for lamar jackson last pick in the first round right and he turned out to be pretty dang good so we'll see what happens we'll see what happens there going forward all right anthony poisel of clevelandbrowns.com shares this one with us uh andrew barry at the scouting combine and I would go, I'll, I'll pin the article for you here. I, I would go and listen to watch this YouTube video that you see here. Um, really interesting stuff, but Andrew Barry approaches the every offseason If the Browns have an empty roster sheet, that's the strategy Barry outlined Tuesday at the 22 NFL combine. When he was asked whether the Browns have prioritized any positions ahead of the free agency period set to begin March 16th. Quote, we go into each offseason with the thought process as if we had an expansion team. We look at every possibility and every opportunity to try and match it to our resources, costs, and really try to be as opportunistic as possible to upgrade the entire talent base. Pretty forward thinking. Quote, if we have opportunities to match resources with talent, we do want to continue to add talent to the roster that applies to every position. So interesting stuff from, from uh, Barry here at the combine. Um, and then you see here an openness to seeking upgrades, every position quote, the importance of being prepared, being flexible and being able to pivot does not change whether you have one first round pick or three first round picks. Um, so he's got a, a pretty interesting strategy. And like I said, I, there's a, a, an embedded YouTube video here. I would recommend that you, you check that out. If you want to get a little peek over the fence of what's going on with the Cleveland Browns and their approach this, this off season, pretty interesting stuff from, uh, Andrew Barry. Here is a, a question from Jacob Bell in our, um, super chat here. Thank you, Jacob. Is the, is there value? Is the value there to trade out of the first round for a future first rounder? Now, that's a tricky question. Um, yes and no. It, it just kind of thinking about it from a, a mile high view, so to speak. It depends on what you net, obviously. If you're trading out of the first round, what are you netting? Um, 
by moving out of 31, I mean, if you're talking about a future first rounder, obviously you're looking down, you know, you're kicking that can down the road a little bit, but what else are you getting in the immediate future? That is a question that needs to be asked when you're trying to answer this, but also, yes, there is, there is value to that because you could be inheriting a first round pick down the road from a team. It's a gamble, but you could be inheriting a first round pick down the road from a team that happens to not be that good in that respective year or the preceding year. And all of a sudden you've got a pretty high first round pick, a higher first round pick than you would have expected. So there, I mean, it's a little bit of a gamble to rely on that, but there's a possibility that that happens. Uh, so that, that, you know, if, if you're the Bengals um, and, you know, if you wanted to move back and someone wanted to leapfrog you because someone, someone fell and they, you got to get that player before the second night, you're another team then yeah i mean there's some value there you gotta you gotta make sure you weigh all the options you gotta see what other picks are available to you when they when that trade proposal comes but especially if you're moving back you know if you move out of the first round you move back just a little bit um that's something to to think or you don't lose your second round pick or you know all of these different variables that could come come to fruition but yeah there are there to me there are a number of different pieces of value to that um especially when you're picking 31 Here's the thing with me, though. I think this is kind of a little bit going back to what Duke Tobin said when I when I mentioned the article earlier. This is the offseason or this is an offseason where the Bengals got to take at least one swing for the fences. Now, what I mean by that is land a top end free agent. I know that's that would be technically three years in a row that they would do that, but land a top free agent offensive lineman that'll really help or, or swing a trade or what have you to really help fortify your offensive line. Or if you're not going to do that and you're going to kind of do different things in free agency, maybe not spend quite the amount of money that you've spent the preceding two off seasons in outside free agency, what you need to do is you need to think about the opposite of what Jacob is, is talking about or asking about here. And if there is an offensive lineman that you are absolutely enamored with and you think can come in and start, day one for you and can st- and can be a pro bowl level player you need to i know it's not in the dna of this of this franchise but they need to really think hard about a move up they need to think hard about that and yeah you'd mortgage future future picks and what have you but you know i i think it was our buddy joe goodberry who showed a dubious list of day three picks that the Bengals just seemingly hoard and there's times in recent drafts that they move back and they collect more picks in day three. And while there's a couple of exceptions in there in terms of quality players, a lot of them are just guys. And instead of collecting picks to get just guys, you need to get the guy. So I think that this presents, and that's it's kind of a little bit different than the question that was pr- proposed there. But I think that that is something that the Bengals need to think about this year as they really look to upgrade their offensive line. Let's keep it rolling here with some AFC North and finish up with some NFL talk. I'm Anthony Cazenza with CincyJungle.com. This is the Orange and Black Insider Bengals podcast. Thanks for tuning in live. Thanks for listening after the fact. Hopefully you're getting it on your favorite audio streamer. If it is after the fact or if you're joining us live, that would be through the Cincy Jungle Facebook page one of a handful of Twitter accounts or our Orange and Black Insider YouTube channel. Appreciate the support. And of course, you can, uh, if, if you go to the audio channel, the Cincy Jungle audio channel on your favorite streamer, 
You can get this show. You can get Orange is the New Black from Ace and Zim and Coach Speak Chalk Talk from the Coach Matt Minnick. All right. Cleveland Browns. This is from Dogs by Nature. SB Nation Cleveland Browns site. I will I will post this in the live chat for you here. Browns reportedly eyeing franchise tag for David Njoku. This is a, as of yesterday. Uh, yesterday evening, there is a, a report out there. Now, this is really interesting to me. Um, this is from Mike K, NFL reporter. Mike Gusecki and David Njoku are viewed as franchise tag candidates by the respective clubs per league source. Njoku, to me, this is this is really interesting because Njoku has been a guy that's been trade talked. He's been a guy that's been talked about potentially being cut. He's been a guy who's just seemed disenfranchised with being in Cleveland. Uh, so now they're looking at franchise tagging him. This is really, really interesting how this has developed and morphed into the this weird situation between Joku and the Browns. So we'll see if that's the case. He is really talented. He's a really talented athletic guy. I, I think he's you know, they, they kind of bring in a couple of different tight ends and, you know, whatnot in Cleveland. I think he becomes more valuable now with Jarvis Landry. If you if you joined us last week, Jarvis Landry is a little dis, disenchanted with the, with the Browns organization. And then, of course, OBJ getting cut and then, oh, goes and wins the Super Bowl with the Rams same season. Um, so they need pass catchers for sure to the Browns. And Joku is talented. It's just very, very puzzling to me, this entire situation that is re- revolved around Njoku and the Browns and his status with the team. And now we're talking franchise tags. So interesting there. That is uh, a report from Mike K though. So go check that out. On to the Baltimore Ravens. And this is on BaltimoreRavens.com. One of the guys and from Clifton Brown talks about this, about Charles Davis NFL analyst Charles Davis, who uh, is now a, a color analyst with CBS, w- was with the NFL Network, or I guess still does some stuff with the NFL Network. Uh, that tre- um, Trevor Penning, small school guy, uh, one of the guys that I think some folks have talked about potentially going to the Bengals. Um, he is a guy that Charles Davis likes as a fit for the Ravens. Uh, quote, I don't see any reason why he, meaning Penning, can't be a rookie starter. He's got good footwork. He plays with power. He's got an edge to him and nastiness. It means it means something to him to try and dominate people. Um, so this, and then he also talked about uh, another, another player, but basically Davis believes Penning has the potential to start as a rookie for the Ravens at right tackle or at left tackle if all pro Ronnie Stanley isn't ready week one following the uh, ankle surgery that took him out of the lineup last year. One of the many, many Ravens players that were on IR. Um, So this is, this is a guy that, uh, you know, we could see at, at a division rival, the, the Ravens obviously need to retool their offensive line. Steelers need to retool their offensive line. So this is a guy that very well could up, end up in the AFC North in some capacity, Trevor Penning. So we'll see what happens there. Interesting, intriguing player. Um, he had a good week at the Senior Bowl, but 
you know, small school guy. It's kind of one of those things. What do you, what do you do? And, you know, the Bengals may be looking more for interior offensive linemen in the draft uh, and not pay the, not pay the premium for a tackle and free agency or a trade and free agency period, what have you, they may look to do the interior lineman there, uh, not necessarily a tackle, but they need a right tackle somehow in some way, whether that's bringing Riley reef back as a bridge guy, drafting another, seeing what you got out of, out of Jackson Carmen. If you want to try him at tackle, what's going on with Deontay Smith, free agency draft this year, all that kind of stuff. No option should be off the table. Now this is, from Baltimore Beatdown, the SB Nation Network, talking about Tony Jefferson coming back. Can he fill the Anthony Levine senior role for the Ravens? And this is a handful of days ago, about a week or so ago. But um, Levine was a very valuable guy to the Ravens. And this uh, it kind of gives you a little bit of a history lesson as to who some of those their players are and whatnot. Um but you had a reunion with Jefferson. He was a former starter, signed him late in the year um, because of all of the injuries that, that the Ravens suffered on the defensive side of the ball. He was called up to the uh, active roster and, and played the final month. So he had torn an uh, ACL back in October 2019 and did not play in 2020. Um yeah, so you can see here appeared. In, I, I take it back. He appeared in two total games last year uh, with the Niners and whatnot, and then uh, went on his way and wasn't playing for most of twenty one. Came back to Baltimore. So, anyway, interesting situation here. It talks about also that he, you know, he can't. He's coming back now. Is is Jefferson um, for twenty two? Can he come back and kind of play a role like that? So just kind of a. a Interesting story there by Frank Platko of Baltimore Beatdown. All right, let's go to the rest of the NFL and close up shop here. We're going a little long, but uh, we've covered a lot of ground here as the combine is underway. Um, And we will show you this one here. Former, uh, Former Bengal getting a shot with another team here, Andrew Billings is now going to be a Raider. Um, So this is from the uh, Las Vegas Review Journal. Big number 99. Uh, He was signed as a free agent with the Raiders. Um, Agency representing Billings made the announcement late Sunday on Twitter. Opted out of 2020 after uh, leaving the Bengals. And Cincinnati has since signed DJ Reader to kind of fill his role. DJ Reader has been a very valuable player for the Bengals. Um, he was released in November of 21. The Dolphins scooped him up on their practice squad. Uh, and then Kansas City had him to the practice squad and didn't play. But he's bounced around a little bit since signing with the Browns and opting out of that 20 season. And now he is with the Raiders as Andrew Billings. Former fourth round. By the way, if you want any kind of, if you're the hey this guy you you can't mock that guy here. It's too late. He there's no way he's going to be around in that round. Andrew Billings is case in point as to why you should never say that. How many mock drafts? If you go back to that year when he was drafted, how many mock drafts did we see that he was going to be taken with the first round pick by the Bengals? 
And where did he get picked? He got picked in the fourth round. So he fell all the way. Remember, I remember Mel Kuyper Jr. putting him on there as the, you know, the, the guy that was going to be the Bengals' first round pick. I remember all these different analysts that were saying, you know, that he was going to be their first round pick. And he fell way, way later to the Bengals. And, um, you know, I think they felt that uh, most teams felt that he was a two down player at best. And uh, he's since bounced around a little bit. He had a couple of nice moments with the Bengals, nice games with the Bengals, but nothing incredible. And then has bounced around a little bit, like I said. All right. So just a refresher on the combine scheduling and different things going on here. This is on NFL.com inside look, and it kind of tells you about what's going on here. Here's the field work. On Thursday the 3rd, um, you can see here you got the tight ends, quarterbacks, and wideouts. Friday, you've got the offensive line and the running backs. Saturday is defensive line and linebackers. You got kickers and defensive backs on Sunday. So you can see here that's kind of the, the schedule that they've got going here. Um, and then you've got some other questions or you know, frequently asked questions there. But at any rate, that is kind of some information on the combine. Keep it to the NFL network if you get that or Obviously, our website, podcasts, et cetera, for information on what's going on with that and what's what are the sights and sounds. We'll be bringing in kind of mini shows on some of that stuff as well. So keep keep it to us here at Sissy Jungle for the stories and podcasts. Here's a little bit on the Colts. Colts GM Chris Ballard on Car- Carson Wentz decision. Quote, we're not there yet. Yeah. Uh, They, it says, it still bothers me, was the quote from Ballard. We lost to Baltimore in overtime, a game I thought we should have finished. We lost to Tennessee in overtime. We fumbled twice inside the one versus the Rams. I know our pass rush needs to be better, but Tampa ran the ball right down our throat to win the game. So there was more than just those last two games that signified the end of our season. Um. kind of kind of falling on the sword and other aspects of the of the team and their failures or whatever but here's the here's about the plans with Wentz quote not saying we don't but in the long-term best interest for us as we sit down and work through whether Carson's the long-term best answer or not is the best way I can put it we're not there yet I'm not there yet and that's something that we'll talk about as a group and move forward whatever decision we will make will be the best one for us uh, but then, you know, you've got down here, I know I believe in Carson. I believe in him. I stuck my neck out for him. I stuck my neck out for this guy talking. This is Frank Reich talking about Carson Wentz uh, also at the Combine. So a lot of a lot of mixed opinions within the Colts organization as to what's going on with Carson Wentz, his future with the team. It would kind of seem to me that if some of the higher-ups, if you don't know if a guy's your quarterback or not, then he's probably not your guy. I mean, that's, I mean, at some point you just got to admit that he's either the guy or he's not. And if, if your general manager doesn't, doesn't know, um, I mean, there could be dissension between what Frank Reich thinks, what Jim Irsay thinks and what Chris Ballard thinks. But I mean, if you don't know, probably not your guy, that's just kind of the reality of the situation. So uh, at any rate, Kind of an interesting situation to monitor. Here is Cliff Kingsbury, Cardinals coach. You can also get some of this stuff from our buddy uh, Malik Wright 
on Twitter if you go follow him. Cardinals coach Cliff Kingsbury on Kyler Murray, our long-term goal here is to have him be our quarterback. Um, you know, I, they're talking about a long-term deal for Kyler Murray. And, uh, you know, quote, I think our long-term goal here is to have Kyler be our quarterback. He understands that. And he understands my view of him and how I feel about him. It's all part of business right now. And there are things that we're going to continue to work through. Um, Steve Kime saying, quote, I think it's an agent doing his job uh, about Burkhardt's statement. Everybody has different styles. Uh, and, of course, the Cardinals intend to pick up the quarterback's fifth-year option. So all of that is in play here. It, interesting stuff with the Cardinals because for the past couple of years, they have gotten off to good starts and fallen off a cliff the last two years. And they were uh, – it, it, it was pretty dramatic. Now, they – made it to the postseason this year, but they had an early exit, just uninspired game the first round against the Rams there. So they've got some decisions to make with their quarterback, but it sounds like Kyler Murray's their guy. Statistically, he's, he's pretty awesome. It's the more just the entire team kind of falling apart towards the end of these seasons, especially the last two that you, you kind of wonder what's going on there. All right. Now we'll end with this one. This has a little bit of some Bengals stuff in it. This is a 22 free agency mock draft. I thought this was kind of clever how they did this at cbssports.com, talking about different players going to different places and all kinds of different things. And it's a mock draft. They did it kind of in the style of where teams are slated to pick. This is by Cody Benjamin earlier on Tuesday. You see Chris Godwin to Lions, Jameis Winston to Steelers. And 30 other moves. These are some of the, the deals you see Lions getting Chris Godwin. Gosh, they need wide receiver help big time. J.C. Jackson, a guy that has been lobbied by Mike Hilton and others, I believe, is a guy that uh, he they have the Texans picking up. Uh, let's keep rolling here. I saw the Browns. I didn't mean to bat, pass by them. You got the Browns getting Michael Gallup, a pretty talented wide receiver from the Cowboys and then the Ravens getting Emmanuel Ogba. So that is something to, to note. Eagles picking up o Odell Beckham, Steelers picking up Jameis Winston. And then they have the Bengals picking up a name that has been kicked around of late Bradley Bozeman, the um, middle middleman of the Ravens offensive line, a decent player. Um, there's been some, People I, I like on Twitter that have posted some videos talking about how he's a little bit on the ground a little bit more than you would like and whatnot. So um, I don't I think it would be you know a helpful uh, a helpful acquisition obviously if you're the Bengals, but they've um, you know they've got other things to also look at other options to potentially explore aside from Bozeman. But that is one that they, that CBS Sports has the Bengals going after, and of course everybody's talking about the Bengals upgrading their offensive line in some capacity. Well, that's going to do it for this edition of Happening Headlines, kind of opening it up with the NFL Combine starting. We've got a lot more this week to get to, including some more updates from the Combine and whatnot. We'll be getting you that. Prospect profiles, free agency profiles, all kinds of different stuff. We'll be back at it tomorrow night, John Sheeran and myself. 
with our usual Wednesday night show and more to come this week too. So keep it to our channel, subscribe to our YouTube channel right down there. You can click that, click it. And then of course, subscribe, click the bell to be notified when we go live, when new content is available, we appreciate all of your support. And of course, go subscribe to the Cincy Jungle podcast channel where we've got all our shows on the channel, all part of the SB Nation podcast network. Thank you, everybody. Happy Tuesday to you. We'll be seeing you a lot more this week. Enjoy yourselves, and we'll see you soon.